0: You're now listening to the Limerick Post News Roundup. I'm your host, Keen Reinhardt. This is where we bring you the week's news in bite-sized portions. And I'm joined in studio now by journalist Bernie English. Bernie, you're back to being just a journalist after head of so, news yeah. for two weeks. Yeah.
1: I've I've left the lofty heights of news editorship.
0: Happily um, I'd imagine bust,
1: busted back to the ranks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Bernie, I see in the paper this week there's a story about three brave teens who who stepped up to help someone in need.
1: Oh, for heaven's sake! Yes, I mean, we 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 spend a lot of our time reading about teenagers getting drunk and vomiting and falling over, taking drugs, people uh, behaving anti, anti-socially. But you know what? That's not the story with all young people. We have to we have to we have to admit that when we read a story like this, there was three young girls, Quiva um, Duffy, who's sixteen from Castle Droy. Ashlyn Barnes, who's fifteen from Dura Doyle, and Eva Benson, sixteen, also from Castle Troy. Now these are all members of the Limerick branch of the St. John's Ambulance Brigade. And they were they were going somewhere else on at the weekend when they came upon a car accident on the Bally Simon Road. Now anybody who's ever come across a, me- a medical emergency or an accident knows that it's it's you know it's quite challenging to keep your head in those circumstances. But that fight
0: or flight mode kicks yes, in, doesn't yeah, it? And yeah. the
1: responsibility of trying to look after somebody who's been injured in a car accident until until specialist help arrives is really quite daunting but these three young women um took charge of the scene not only did they look after the injured man but they sealed the scene off and made sure that it was protected from any other cars coming and crashing into it which happens quite frequently apparently but uh they they, they're only young girls and they took the whole thing in hand and um really prevented further injury or loss of life which is quite quite an incredible and, and and laudable thing to do um so Paul Downs, who's the St. John's Ambulance uh, Communications Director, says he's going to nominate them for the um, Commissioner's Special Award for their actions. And he was he was, he was was full of praise for them. Um, you know, these, these are people who do... John's Ambul- Ambulance Brigade, as I'm sure the listeners and readers know, do fantastic work, and they, they turn up for almost every single community event, parade, 10K... You name it; they're there to make sure that. You always see them walking
0: around. Yeah,
1: yeah, and yeah. It's and not you know, until
0: you need them that you realise. That realise yeah.
1: what, what they do, and it's all voluntary. So you know, these these are young people who start around the age of twelve. And um, are trained up and usually stay until they're adults, so we're told. Anyway, well done to those three girls. Big yeah, shout out yeah. to them. I
0: think brave is the only word to describe them.
1: Uh, brave and capable, I yeah. think, yeah.
0: yeah. And uh, another story there, Bernie, not as positive. Uh, 133 Limerick pubs have closed over the past 14 years.
1: That's right. More than a quarter of all pubs in Limerick have shut their doors over the past 14 years. Now, we all know and the debate has raged on about various things like the smoking ban, the crackdown on any kind of drink driving... Um,
0: taxation is always going to be an issue taxation well, is always going to be yeah. an
1: issue the price the price of insurance uh, for public liability insurance particularly for for an organisation like pub is huge yeah. so uh, this, this, is, this is according to a survey from the drinks industry group of Ireland Digi and they're calling on the government to ease the burden on rural drinks businesses by reducing Ireland's high alcohol excise tax gradually over the next two years um, apparently we have the second highest overall alcohol tax in the EU The highest excise tax on wine, the second highest on beer and the third highest on spirits, which is really kind of baffling, given wine is something people generally drink with with a meal, you know, Um, which makes it very difficult, not just for pubs, but for restaurants. Um, And the pub pub closures continue and revenue figures show that 71 rural pubs closed in 2018 and that there's 1535 less pubs in rural Ireland than there were in 2005. So yeah, your local your local pub, which is of course much more than a place to have a drink. It's yeah. a place where people go to meet each other in in rural rural communities where people can be quite isolated,
0: and in the Particularly city, as older well. people. Yeah. yeah,
1: you know, it's where they go to watch the match. It's where they go to meet their neighbours and yeah. talk rubbish about sheep or whatever, <laughs> or football or hurling or whatever they want. To, but it's you know, the the, the rural pub was was. One time at least, the answer to isolation for an awful lot of people. And it seems a shame, one, that the pubs are closing and jobs are being lost. Um, and two, that, you know, the people who used to find that as, as probably their only social outlet now can't avail of it.
0: And especially considering a lot of the issues highlighted in your piece are preventable
1: Absolutely, yeah. taxation. Yeah, and absolutely, yeah. And, you know, they, 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 OK, the smoking ban is one thing, I think, yeah. to be fair to pub staff, that, that was driven... By them for health reasons and you know it's worked very well people go outside now and have their cigarette and that's fine but i do th- it, it, it kind of beggars belief why like the government is saying well presumably the high tax on drink they tell us is a health measure but you know if you're an alcoholic you don't care how much tax there exactly. yeah. is you'll just buy cheaper booze and drink it on the, at home or on the street or whatever it's not going to change it's not going to change your drinking habits um, whereas the poor old lad who goes to the pub every night and has two pints there, you there know, is a
0: social aspect to drinking. You see it in countries like Spain where people will meet for a drink and something to eat. It's not just...
1: Yes, yeah. I mean, maybe uh, if, if the government wants to actually do something about um, the health as- aspects of drinking, they could maybe bring in some sort of innovative plan for pubs yeah. to be able to do something like serve tapas or something more than a packet of nuts. You know?
0: Exactly. And the, that story, as well as your other story, Bernie, are available in this week's Limerick Post newspaper and online at limerickpost.ie.
1: Thank you, Keen. They are indeed. And thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for joining me. Joining me at studio now is Head of News, Jerry Collison. Jerry, welcome back to us after a couple of weeks away. Yeah, I didn't even think you missed me, but
2: yeah, it's good to be I back. I
0: always miss you, Jerry. So uh, I see the front page story this week with David Raleigh. Is contractors see no cause for concern at UHL site?
2: Yeah, probably a little bit tongue in cheek there. Um, as... The world and his mother probably knows now that there's been a fairly significant controversy that's been uh, raging over the last few days, following the news that uh, the contractors who were appointed to deliver the new 60-bed unit out at the University Hospital Limerick are the very same company, Western Building Systems, that built 42 schools for the uh, Department of Education, and all of which have been claimed to have had structural defects. So it was more or less uh, presented as a story of one arm of the state not really knowing what the other one was doing. Um, But the local angle anyway that was dug up by David Raleigh is that the um, company have assured the Limerick Post that the new 60 bed unit will be delivered on time uh, at a cost of 19.5 million and will be uh, ready for um, operation next April.
0: And uh, there was some reaction from some local politicians as well, with James Collins and Morris Quinlivan.
2: Yeah, uh, understandably, yeah. because, um, you know, they, they, they feel that the state and in particular the HSE hasn't really a stellar record as far as um, the placement of contracts and the delivery of contracts uh, is involved. And I would imagine that there would be a fair amount of people who would share that opinion. Um, the HSE, on the other hand, and also um, some of the people at the UHL um, feel that, you know, there's nothing to see here. No cause for alarm, that uh, things are progressing quite well. And that the most important thing is that the um, unit, the 60 bed unit is delivered on time and on budget. And they're fairly confident that this will happen. So, you know, we'll wait and see. Yeah, and that story is available on page one and page
0: two of this week's Limerick Post newspaper. And then uh, we have an interesting one from David Raleigh Further on the paper uh, Kilke for Periwinkles And South Hill for the Snails
2: Yeah, this is a good one It's actually um, a fairly significant project That's underway out at the Tate House Community Enterprise Centre Um you know, this is an organisation that has um, sort of you know, spearheaded a good few initiatives aimed at job creating, but they seem to have hit on a real doozy this time. Um, Bill Kelly is the man that's overseeing this project, and basically what it is, it's about um, the establishment of a snail farm out near uh, South Hill um, known as Tate Escargot. Um, So they're hoping to export up to 200 tons of snails by the third year. And apparently there's a huge appetite that's not been met uh, on on the mainland uh, European uh, continent. And um, the appetite for snails is uh, sort of overtaking the uh, supplies. So Mr. Kelly sees a huge opening here for uh, limerick snails and more specifically South Hill snails.
0: And do you think uh, we'll see these being eaten in Limerick at any stage?
2: Well, I can tell you one person that won't be at it anyway, and that's yours truly. Um, (laughs) You know, a very, very conservative eater here. And uh, snails, I would think, have to be more or less dressed up in garlic and all sorts of juices and everything like that. But a snail is still a snail, I think.
0: Those stories are available in this week's Limerick Post newspaper and online at limerickpost.e Jerry, thank you very much for joining us and You're enjoy the rest of your week Very welcome I'm now joined in studio by John Keogh, journalist with Sporting Limerick John, how are you getting on? All good now, okay yourself? Not too bad So we had uh, the wrap up of the All-Ireland Hurland Championship on the weekend Were you
3: surprised by the result? Uh, in the end, no um was at that half time it was kind of a given it, it seemed fairly yeah once the, once the red card happened rightly or wrongly there's been so much debate about it at this yeah, stage I'm not going to add to that um, <laughs> once that happened it, it just seemed temporary with an extra man with the way they play with the, their standards their forwards we're always going to run out it, it, I, I think Kilkenny needed to be in the game with 10-15 left to have any hope of, yeah. of 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 winning but you know the, like what can you say, look, the team, I, I never subscribed to the team that deserves to win it, wins it. Always, yeah. every year in any competition, I don't subscribe to any any other...
0: But like you've been saying all along, Limerick on their day would still beat any oh, I think
3: Limerick like will they. be, Limerick players will be sickened, you yeah. know, but look, they were beaten and that's, that's the reality, look. That's it. Tipperary are, are Ireland champions, they're deservedly, so they were the best team in Munster up until the Munster final. Scraped through Leash, scraped through Wexford, but you don't, you don't win every game easy, like, so... Liam Sheedy factor strikes once again for Tipperary (laughs) and you know it has to be said look look at the impact he's had and as much as it pains me fair play to them
0: So that's the Inter-County it now and in the Limerick Senior Hurling Championship there's been some odd results over the weekend well not odd because you were actually expecting Kilmaluk to give a game to Patrick's well yeah
3: there, there was definitely going to be a a lift from their massive defeat in Imperial League did a great start to the game against Patrick's well um, seven points to no score up but kind of their discipline let them down gave Aaron Galan free chances and you give Aaron Galan <laughs> chances like the, he was given from frees especially he scored 11 frees 13 points overall of their 18 points so that kind of tells its own story but better from Kilmalik they'll be sick and they didn't come out with the win Patrick's well were nowhere near at the level they've, we've been used to seeing from yeah. them this season but they still pulled away with a the draw they're on 7 points pretty much unless some crazy miracle happens which isn't going to happen they're through to a semi-final they've booked their place um, bit of a blow though in the aftermath of that we found yesterday Kieran carry the Patrick's well manager and columnist with sporting Limerick and Limerick Post confirming that Aaron Galan has suffered a fractured jaw, fractured jaw in two places. Funnily enough, for an incident that wasn't blown up as a free. Um, and so did he continue on the game? Or continued on, on, yeah, and scored a couple of more frees to level the game. So I maybe the extent of the damage wasn't known to last or got a belt But
0: well, with a few breaks in certain places, you can.
3: That's it. I mean, play on. And yeah, absolutely. But yeah, he's going to be. He's potentially out for the rest of the championship. There's no time frame on his return as of yet. So that's a big blow to them. Elsewhere in the pierce they got back or continued winning ways with um fairly big win over there. they were eight they were eleven points up at one stage in the first half. It was down to three at half time. Bit complacent. Fairness they there they got a couple of goals. But second half they just stepped up another few notches and
0: And Willy who was saying they're not getting ahead of themselves. Yeah
3: no look, look the lost their the last to Patrick's well in the second round of the group stages you know they're, but on their day and like, like I said it's the people like they're not just the best in the county under day not the best of Munster they're the best in the country on their yeah. day so you know they're not they'll they know they'll know especially with the way they let it there back into the game at one stage they have plenty of work still to do you know and they certainly won't be getting carried uh, carried away themselves you know they have a lot of Niall Buckley's back from Australia this year he's just Coming, kind of coming back into the team Adrian Breen is back from injury they've young lads like Padraig Haney and Will Hen really pushing the guys that are there pushing for starting places not only pushing the guys that are there you know so they just seem to be ticking along nicely okay Patrick's well on 7 points Even have Nipirshig on 6 Duner on 5 you know it's and in the last group game on August 31st you have Dune Nipirshig repeated last year's final and whoever wins that will be fairly likely into a semi-final like so Huge things to play for elsewhere, of course, as I've mentioned, Dune, they're fairly comfortable win over South Liberties as well, so that's where we are in the Senior Early Championship.
0: So it's all panning out the way you expected, really, from last week's podcast?
3: From last week's podcast, yeah, yeah. absolutely. A start of the season, appears Pearce would have been firm favourites. Kieran yeah. Carey's bounce with Patrick as well has definitely shown shown off well for them, but it'll be interesting to see. Of course, Keen Lynch was sent off in that game. As well, uh, it was a rare enough thing for Keane to be shown a straight red card. He will certainly miss the Adair game and, you know, God knows how, how long more he'll be out for that. So plenty still to play for, obviously, Now the semi-finals and quarter-finals place to be decided. but it interesting look, it, championship, to say Very it much so, but it looks fairly set at this stage, barring Well, Adair, Adair may put it up to Patrick's well if they're missing Keenland and Aaron Gillan, but it's looking like Napier Patrick Patrick's well. Doing fighting it out for the semi final spots, anyway, so far. And Kilmallock, then whoever doesn't make it from them three, and Kilmallock in a quarter final against the two teams from Group Two, two top teams.
0: And then over to the football championship?
3: Yes, yeah, the last round of the Limerick Senior Football Championship of the group stage, anyway. And they're already qualified as top of their group, I think it's Group One. Uh, they play Ballylanders on Saturday night, and all the games of Group One are on Saturday night at the same time. Saturday evening, all the games of Group Two are on Sunday evening at the same time, just for. Obvious purposes, in case anything on war goes on. But you have um, a situation in when Ula unbeaten Ula and unbeaten Newcastle West play Sunday night. Whoever wins that game will, will finish top. If it's a draw, it'll go to scoring difference. Whoever wins it, we'll say go straight through to a semi final. So huge game in out in Martinstown, out in JP McManus country on Sunday evening. So that's the, the the big highlight of the weekend for me. anyway
0: and uh, following on from the senior footballers, positive. Season. Mm. Uh, how's the quality of football in Limerick now?
3: Uh, yeah, but like I said, you've three unbeaten teams in the Dare, Newcastle West and Ula Ula have been a bit of a surprise package. Backboned in a lot of ways, there's some fine footballers out are but backboned by the uh, Dunes hurlers and Dunes hurlers and the Limerick senior football team. You've likes of Richie English, Daryl Donovan, Pat Ryan, uh, th- them two in particular, and a lad Al Josh Ryan, who's been. In around the Limerick senior football and hurling panels, maybe not the senior hurling panel over the last few years, outstanding footballers. They've been a bit of a surprise package this year. Adair, Newcastle West for the last number of years, four or five years, have been the the go-to teams really. Adair looking for their third senior title in a row to go with the intermediate title they won uh, three years ago, you know. So they're the best three teams. Standard is okay, it's just to get out of Limerick it seems to be an issue you know there hasn't been winning the Munster Championship for a long yeah, time quality in
0: so Munster can be tough to
3: it can though. do you're coming up against one of the Kerry teams or invariably Nemo Rangers and Cork yeah. it, it's or Clonmel commercials or in Ireland the Nair case from Waterford last year and there came up against a serious quality Nair team you know that had, 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 a, had some fantastic footballers and a couple of um Hurlers as part well. Of the county is usually a, a football, football stronghold one. in, in yeah, exactly. Waterford So yeah. yeah, standard is improving. It's slow slow slowly but surely. But I think I think the next thing, if it is a dare Newcastle West this year, who seem to be the favourites for it, not only will they be looking to do something to be winning the Demerick title, they'll they'll want to make an impact in Munster Dare, especially. They've been okay two years ago when they won it first. It was a bonus territory, but and they, they were out against Nemo Rangers, and Nemo kind of wiped the floor with them. But last year they would have been, would have been a bit disappointed with the way they played against the Nier. Nier have As I said, some some fine footballers were so to Adair. A little bit disappointed in that, but where we are at the moment now, knockout stages will tell a lot, but there Newcastle West from here are the top two teams. And uh, sticking with the football, we have a, an article
0: from Pal Ranahan.
3: Yeah, Pal Ranahan this week looks talks about the glass half-empty GA <laughs> pundits. Uh, so that that are currently well, mainly the RT pundits he mentions in the article anyway yeah very interesting read from Pan it's a fair point you know where, and he just takes the the Dublin Mayo game as an example where you know the pundits Joe Bradley in particular were, were focusing on mistakes from by Lee Keegan and mistakes from Cullen Boyle for Dublin's two goals early in the second half but He said, what about the creativity in the lead of Conor Callan's brilliant finish you know why, why aren't we like it, and he praising mentions the of the player, praising right? the quality of the yeah. player in the way the ability and I, I, whether that's just well, this is me talking now Napa. whether that's just the negativity surrounding Gaelic football in general which seems to be a constant for me anyway Conor Callaghan
0: is what age now he's,
3: he's only 22, 23 you know, he's a freak he's phenomenal yeah. and like I'd argue and I haven't seen him Lee
0: Keegan him, one of the best he
3: just, yeah, Lee Keegan completely out of position I think Mayo got that wrong but that's, that's yeah. for another day but you know, Conor Cannon is as good a hurler, if not a better hurler, than he's a footballer. That's a stretch. I know, seeing how good he is a footballer, but we <laughs> haven't seen him. Yeah. We haven't seen him at inter-county level, but at club level with Kula, he's been phenomenal there. So, yeah, I, I think we need to be focusing on positives rather than negatives in, in sport. Anyway, like yeah. you're seeing, a lot of negatives in the last couple of days after the abuse Paul Pogba has got, and that's absolutely correct to be highlighted. But, you know, we're seeing a lot of the negativity about VAR since the start of the season I mean I'm looking to think it's getting decisions right if they're and the rules that are in place as a Spurs fan you're absolutely going to agree with the decisions
0: just because th- these are matches we would have lost
3: yeah absolutely you know? and, and that, isn't that the whole point of uh, the well we're going off topic anyway that's, yeah, an, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. another podcast that's another <laughs> podcast but it's a very fair point and he, he made a good thing rather than focus on the Sunday game about negatives this again negatives why can't someone like Sean Kevin, a recently retired player from the game come out and do a a thing like they have on Sky a game zone type of thing where he explains why the forward was able to get into that position able to create the space and able to finish it the way he did rather than completely and that that seems to be the general term I don't think is there any good play highlighted anymore it's focused on the negative poor defending rather than sometimes I remember a time maybe I'm old enough for football was a positive game you know (laughs) And I, I I don't completely blame the influx of M- Mickey Hart's Tyrone. Okay, they may have been yeah. solid defensively. it's played some brilliant football. Owen Mulligan. Well,
0: like I said, when Tyrone play football, they're one of the best teams. Brilliant to watch. To watch. Yeah. yeah, but look,
3: and when Dublin play football, they're the best team. Yeah. that's that's what it boils down. To. You can we've talked about this before. Yeah. You can look down and all you want. Dublin have to be given massive praise. They have advantages. We've done that before as yeah. well. But so I started that second half. Dublin were awesome.
0: Probably the best. 10 minutes of football I've seen all
3: year it. or ever maybe yeah. you know I mean it was that good <laughs> so I mean was that really highlighted no doubt it was but people are expecting it from Dublin now but I mean it, it's, a, it's a very valid point that Pam makes where you, you know if you're always focused on negative if you're the always negative. focused on negative you're going to get ingrained in that negativity yeah. and it's going to be a constant 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 thing where you're going to forget about the good values of football and there are plenty of negatives but there are plenty of positives <laughs> as well and Maybe we need a little shift in focus
0: And the Paz article is available in this week's Limerick post Absolutely is yeah. at
3: sportinglimerick.com 100% like post. Looking at the soccer now, John Junior soccer Limerick FC yeah, We'll start at Limerick
0: FC, I think we'll be
3: Yeah, cup yeah. fever for Limerick <laughs> FC this week We're going we're gonna to try and On Paz No, we're going to try and stay positive Yeah, um, yeah away to Sligo Rovers on Saturday evening um, It's a very tough, tough test for Limerick They had a good record against Sligo last year In the Premier Division as we know, they're not in the Premier Division. As we know further, it's been a struggle since since start of June, I think, with players leaving. and You know, players leaving for junior soccer now as well. We see Conor Ellis signed for Balananti Rovers this week. Limerick FC's best player, arguably, this season, and he's gone back to junior soccer. Yeah. Whether that's a short-term thing and long-term thing, time will tell on that. Bit of a coup cool for Balananti to sign him. But... Um, but yeah, with Limerick, look, they're going to be massive underdogs going into this game. One-all draw with Athlone, uh, last Friday night at the market's field in front of 227. Not exactly um, a crowd are going to be right home about. It's, fair. it's Look, it doesn't get much worse than that. Like.
0: With the situation Limerick find themselves in, I'd imagine there'll be a bit more pressure on every team, especially playing at home, that they should be beating them.
3: Oh yeah, absolutely. seems that we played against, I wouldn't them. write them off. No, no, yeah. not at all. I, I mean, again, I'll go back and you know that they've lost players pretty much every week at this stage. It seems to be, but but like Tommy Barrett's point after the game on on Friday night was, we missed four or five glorious chances yeah. to win this game. You know, so it's just there's so much negativity around the club that it's very difficult when there's very few fans there there's so much it, it does make its way down to the players yeah. in the end like so yeah. but yeah it's like it'd be great it'd be fantastic if they could pull off a shock result because it would be a big shock and it would put them into the quarterfinals of the cup but chances of winning the cup How has the
0: style of play changed over the last season?
3: Still still trying to play good football yeah. Tommy there won't be any change in style of play with any team I'd, I'd say that Tommy puts out it's all, all trying to play football every game you know, so that hasn't changed certainly, yeah. but it's the lack of it's it's the players they've lost. Limerick had better players this time a year ago. Yeah. Limerick had better players this time two months ago. You know, where they were still been, been with a huge chance of a playoff. On that's just not the case anymore. Have to be realistic. Limerick are playing out at the end of the season. If they get, if they if they could pull off a miracle, and it would be a miracle result against Sligo who have two Limerick lads playing their team Ronald cochlin has been a fine form for them it would be great but they're not going to go much further than quarterfinals anyway
0: So then uh, you mentioned Conor Ellis joining a junior league team we'll look at the junior now
3: Yeah Fairview from two games played in the Premier Division so far um, Fairview and Regionally only teams at maximum points the season started off last Thursday with a um, a huge result is the only way to describe it judging on last season Pike beating Janesborough 6-1 Janesborough have added to their squad since but it was a big result for Pike Limerick FC player Robbie Williams now over that Pike team Um, his first game first competitive game in charge huge but they were held to a draw by Jarline Sunday morning down in Gary Owen Janesborough came back with a, a win themselves but it's Fairview and Regional United that are leading the way with maximum points from their two games so far another round coming this Thursday Fairview have scored 12 I think and conceded none from their first two games they've recruited heavily oh, in the off-season record, it? It, it, if you can keep <laughs> that going you're you're, you're in you're in dreamland really but no Fairview have recruited heavily um, one of the powerhouses traditionally of Limerick junior soccer but in the last 7-8 years maybe a bit longer not so much did a cup win last year which has kind of propelled them a bit forward but yes we are assigned a lot of quality in the off-season they're going well regional have lost a lot of quality The last two or three players, Limerick FC, Clyde O'Connell and Alan Murphy have been two of them Um, in the last couple of months. They're all about their younger players, very much like Ashing and Akati in that. Um, They've had two very good good ones to start the season as well. But you'll be looking at probably Fairview, Pike, maybe Bella and Janesborough fighting it out for the title. All
0: right. So that's one to keep an eye on after this weekend. John, thanks very much for joining us. More than welcome. And for all your sports news, you can visit SportingLimerick.com or follow the hashtag SportLK across all social media channels. And you'll also find it on LimerickPost.ie where you'll find podcasts, videos and much, much more. John, thanks very much for joining us. Thanks, again. So joining me in studio now is our arts editor, Rose Rush. Rose, how are you on this lovely, lovely day? <laughs>
4: <laughs> Listener, it's... Billing rain yeah. outside. Keen, you're a brave and wonderful man to invite me back.
0: Thank you. <laughs> so uh, we're opening up this section with some breaking news, Rose.
4: We do. We've, we've three very positive items that uh, hopefully um, Lermic Post readers will be as interested in and as enthused as you and I are about. Um, first up, it's the vote, the Southern Comfort People's Choice of the Year as a venue nationwide the winner is a limerick venue it's 101 limerick brilliant on o'connell avenue under the joint ownership of james lennon known to us all and loved as lenny and tony Enright.
0: and uh, we were just talking about the bar last week and how lovely it is all the different rooms or something there for everyone and i think that kind of shows in the award title doesn't it
4: that's right kian uh, i think our spur last week was that it was uh, shortlisted for the innovation category yeah. because within 101 Oh, we mentioned a connection with Culture Night as well. That was our surprise venue yep. for Culture Night along with the Gorda Station. Um, within its sort of one or two doors, there is six quite unique and original venues. Your favourite is the piano bar, I think yep. mine as well. Yep. Downstairs it's not so much a nightclub, it's a salubrious bar, <laughs> wonderful for fashion shoots and private chamber entertainment. It's called Opium. Yep. There is the garden which has an, uh, an outdoor mezzanine, then an indoor area. And then you have Maggie Chews. Then you have Maggie Chews. Yeah. And there are one or two other niches which yeah. we are missing. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, there's
0: the whiskey bar as well, which is very popular. right? Yeah. yeah. Yes, indeed. Thank yeah. you. Thank you so
4: much. <laughs> Thank you. So that is now... Um,
0: an award-winning bar within less than a year have been open.
4: Well... Uh, I'd say it's open about a year and a half because the whiskey bar was open and then they, the garden up yeah. the back.
0: but you have the likes okay, of Maggie so Chews. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Maggie Chews, I think, was open as well. Um, but as we got on the phone to wish congratulations to them for a small piece of paper this week, we spoke to their marketing manager, Michelle Costello, a lovely woman working with Blymerick <laughs> Magazine and Fusion. And Michelle Costello told us that... Um, You know, they're just blown away by it. And she credits, she says, you can talk about our interiors, et cetera, et cetera, but truly she says it's down to the amazing staff, Mm. the knowledge, their big welcome. Uh, their care with food and mixing drinks and but above all she says it's our amazing staff who have won it well, i've had nothing
0: but good experiences with the staff in there yeah yeah, yeah
4: yeah and Ken, you, you mentioned how recently it was open okay maybe about a year and a half just two elements of it and then the full six she says that the the full complex has only been fully opened since december so this is eight months on nine months on yeah and it gets the nationwide vote
0: some achievement
4: Hey, hey, good for Limerick.
0: So then uh, there's more news on sponsorship with the Panto this year, the UCH Panto.
4: Yes, indeed. More breaking news with this fully professional pantomime, which is a co-production between University Concert Hall, led by Sinead Hope, their director, and Robert C. Kelly Productions. He's the man behind, you know, Voice of Ireland, stuff like that. Um, Specsavers Limerick, led by another Sinead, Sinead Classy in this instance, They have joined as title sponsor. Uh, This is going to be a money partnership, which is wonderful, wonderful. But can I tell you this, that the pantomime, this long-running pantomime, has been doing extremely well. Last year, it was at capacity. More than 27,000 people attended 36 shows last Christmas.
0: And I was I one of them, that. and I really enjoyed it. Yes, dear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's yes, always sir. a brilliant show. It is. It's always top-notch. Yeah.
4: Dear friends of our own, Miles Breen, he's a bit of twanking it this year. Richard Lynch of I Love Limerick. Richard is playing the Emperor. We can tell you about the return of Hayley Joe. Uh, we can tell you about the return of Tom Mahoney. And we hope to have very big news for you next week with respect to um, who the... All out, you know, premier star is going to be this year. It's very exciting. Uh, Nice little chat with Sinead Hope about it, but she makes a point to me, Rose. You know, we're very pleased that the concert hall approached us to come on board as production title sponsor. We have been a UCH supporter down through the years, both as patron and for the last few years supporting the Sunday cinema screenings which are for families. And then she tells me, look, our own business, we're 30 years in Limerick, our own business is about working in the health sector, audiology and eye care with people of all ages. And she says that's true of the concert hall as well. They're on the go 26 years and their client base, which is in the Midwest and beyond, you know, again, it's all ages. So this is a partnership that's just ideal.
0: Brilliant. And uh, Rose, looking at the arts page then, this was a busy period for the arts, which we said for the last few weeks. But uh, looking at the page, it looks like there's still a lot more to come. (laughs)
4: Look, how do you pick season highlights in a programme that extends throughout September, October, November, December, into pantomime, into January for two venues? So I sat down with Jill Fenton, who's marketing manager for Lime Tree and Bell Table. And Jill and I looked at each other and said, look, we have to bring this in on one page. So for this unit, we're looking at Lime Tree only. And we're looking at three spectacular productions that clearly are professional. So have we a minute to go through them? We have
0: indeed, Rose.
4: Okay, in date order, Fidget Feet, Ariel Dance Company. They're located in the old Burlington Industrial Estate out the out the Ennis Road uh, again they have national funding they do you know Jill describes them as fidget feet a combination of circus, aerial theatre and dancing um, they got a good tranche of funding for this show which is going to be Bingo Wings because they're working and training with various communities.
0: And they're working on this a long time as well because mm. it was uh, last year they were still working on it wasn't it? Bingo Wings? About a year ago yeah Okay, announced that they your were. Own show, yeah.
4: Okay, your own podcast, I think you did something with them, did you? I think we
0: did a bit video with them before when they were spoke. They spoke about Bingo Wings. And I remember you yeah. going
4: out. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah, yeah. brought back beautiful footage. Okay, so Bingo Wings platform in Lime Tree, September the 13th at 8 p.m. And again, September the 14th, a slightly earlier hour of 6.30 p.m. And I think that time slot is specifically to encourage the community supporting the training and performances that went out to work with them in this extraordinarily technical and aesthetically very beautiful stuff. The last time I saw Fidja Feet was in the end of your showcase for Irish World Academy. My Christ, they were a knockout. You know, the great Rhiannon Giddens came out after them and said, my God, she said, I have to follow that. <laughs> most of the public
0: important. would know them from uh, St. Patrick's Day festival, the parade. They're usually hanging above the city somewhere. With you, with you yeah. and your camera, yeah. <laughs>
4: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, um, I believe you're familiar with The Young Offenders. I am indeed. You dig their shtick. Yeah. Do you want so, to tell the, the un well, that be, reader about them? Come on. I, I
0: think you probably know a bit more than I do, Rose. I do not. I know about this show, but tell me
4: about The Young Offenders.
0: It's a show based in Cork, isn't it? Of two lads who uh, are probably trying to do something different with their life. Compared What's that to,
1: mean? <laughs> you're um, my thing,
0: yeah? <laughs> well, they're, they're Young Offenders. That's the only way to put it, really. You know, But it's a nice comedy and bit that of Irish humour, yeah.
4: OK, Irish <laughs> humour. OK, we're sold. Anyway, apparently the craziest character in The Young Offenders is Shane Casey. Sorry, it's played by Shane Casey. The craziest character is Billy Murphy. And Shane Casey has written a show and he acts in it and he's directed by the great Pat Talbot, who is an old friend to the page, an old interviewee. Pat Talbot Productions works out of Cork and he's synonymous with the Everyman Theatre and premiering there. He's done very, very good quality stuff. He's very much intrigued by Ireland, and as I describe, Ireland's writers and agents of the state, be it Michael Collins, be it, uh, you know, Casey and short stories, things like that. His his stuff has always, you know, been rigorously attentive to Ireland's tradition. Pat, in this instance, is director of Wet Paint, which is written in its entirety by Shane Casey. And it's a two-hander playing with another actor and uh, what you said it's Irish it's Irish humour Jill Fenton of Lime Tree tells us this is comedy really and a drama it's pure Irish centred on a day in the lives of two painter decorators <laughs> so booking into Limerick for one night only Thursday September twenty eighth.
0: that's one more checking out
4: mm-hmm. yeah. I'm probably a little bit more turned on by the you know I'm a huge fan of Poirot the Christie and Miss Marple that does it for me as well Uh, A London company, uh, they're called Middle Ground Theatre Company. They're bringing in a very rich production. It's going to to Ireland. It stops in Lime Tree on September 30th into October the 2nd. So it's a three-night run. It's called um, Agatha Christie's A Murder Is Announced, A Miss Marple Mystery.
0: So that's one for all those uh, crime heads. Isn't it?
4: The yeah. <laughs> young offenders is not so young. Okay. <laughs> now, I don't know what the... Thank God I don't know what the storyline is. I'd be encouraged to blab about it, but um, Jill has pointed us in the direction of a, a really starry cast. Um, Sarah Thomas is Miss Marple of Last of the Summer Wine. Kasia Pelka, she's from Heartbeat Family Affairs. Tom Butcher from The Bill and Doctors. Jenny Funnel, as time goes by. Lucy Evans from Coronation Street, and Tom Gibbons from The Archers.
0: That's some line-up for a yeah. teeter on your doorstep, yeah. isn't it? well happy yeah.
4: anyway. Three yeah. nights from the end of September and early October. Brilliant. Okay. Now, we did a little word of Peter Whelan this, this week. Um, not a name that might translate to sort of the casual reader of arts and entertainments, but uh, he's a big cheese in opera. He's a big cheese in classical music and Baroque music, and he's director of the Irish Baroque Orchestra. They had they were a seriously central pole to the very good quality Killaloo Chamber Music Festival this week. Very pleasant man. There's a very lot of, of very classical very
0: music and opera going on around Limerick the last while, isn't there?
4: Yeah, yeah, thank God. There yeah. always has been. Yeah. You were blowing, Cian. Trust me. It's <laughs> always been out You're great from Waterford too, Rose. <laughs> 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 glossing over that <laughs> okay the Irish National Opera have co-opted with the Irish Baroque Art Orchestra and they're bringing Griselda to mm. us that's on October 24th only it's a Vivaldi opera and what Peter tells us about it it's look it's a feel good it's feel good music that bursts with Italianate primary colors is isn't it wonderful way of language hasn't it then he goes into some, what he calls show-stopping arias. They're an Italian reader. I'm not even going to go there, please. by pronunciation. <laughs> But he's very excited about the cast. And he tells us, we have a cast of some of the most exciting and up-and-coming co- singers of the new generation. Earlier this summer, Katie Bray won the audience prize in the Cardiff Singer of the World Competition. Katie becomes Griselda in this. And Sinead O'Kelly, who sings the role of a Tony, is a rising star at Zurich Opera, Music, uh, sorry, Zurich Opera Academy. Brilliant. Yeah, so just four snapshots there into really hot, hot shows coming up.
0: And um, there's some free events coming up as well, I see Rose.
4: Mm, can I detour to the Concert Hall?
0: You can detour to the Concert Hall. Briefly,
4: okay, okay. Listen, I'll just stick with September, the Concert Hall. I know we're running out of time here. Sat down with Emma to the Concert Hall, just one of life's great, gracious ladies. She did a gorgeous tease with me and What Lies Ahead. So, fans of comedy, you're just going to be so, so happy with September alone. We have Dylan Moran on the 5th of September. We have Tommy Tiernan coming for two dates, Saturday 13 and 14. I heard you talk in the newsroom about how funny, funny, funny he is in The Dairy Girls. He's
0: in Dairy Girls and, um, yeah, he stole the show from me. I'll... Yeah,
4: <laughs> <laughs> He's a piece of work, definitely. Yeah. Okay. September 13 or 14 for Tommy Tiernan. September 18, it's off the ball Heineken Rugby club. Okay, laughs at that. Um, Dormit and Dave, but that's going to October now the interview I'm hoping to bag this week she's also in September she's in Elaine Page she brings a soundtrack of my life and about three years ago she brought this a, 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 a different you know iteration of this show to us in the concert hall but she's a wonderful singer but she also has great poise and presence and without being Gabby or stuffing the you know the show within the stories about myself and making it an biography she just revealed um, a prelude to each piece and why she'd chosen it was an insight into her life and where it was at a certain stage or working with so-and-so or maybe having a love affair with so-and-so or you know being the opening name for Don't Cry For Me Argentina where she was Vita and indelibly so I'm still a Vonda Madonna so Elaine Page is coming 29th of September. But I'm just going to give you a little nugget here on the Miami Showband story because last night RTE platformed an hour-long documentary view with band members of the Miami Showband story and how shocking and shocking and not shocking the, mm-hmm. the, the blowing up and the, the murder was of several of the band It was members. on Netflix
0: as well, I think, too. Yeah. There was a Netflix documentary. It's yeah.
4: very interesting. And two things, three things really, 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 really came across. Um, undeniable and ultimately proven in court UDR collusion, uh, who had access to uniforms, etc., etc., who had access to roots, who was aware of a loyalist hotspot of illegal activity um, in the vicinity that was never shut down and ultimately was implicit as well. Uh, That the Miami show band, that they were, the great sin today is mixed race, but back in those days, uh, that they were Protestant and Catholic. That seems to have been an extraordinary red flag. So the poor misfortunes who thought it was a good idea to kill people because of that. But again, the third bomb was, for me, was the fact that to that point, musicians had been untouchable. And bands crossed over around the country, show bands particularly, to play to enormous dance halls that musicians and show bands were untouchable in those very violent and fiery days so that the Miami show band bought it, yeah. it was, was truly awful so um, this is I'm just going to tell you what, what Emma has given me here about it it's this story it, it's, it's a musical with their music and also narrative told through the eyes of two best friends in Miami, Miami show band songwriters Fran O'Toole and Des Lee uh, these are the the principals from the band but they're played by actors it's going to be written by Mary Jones who wrote Stones in My Pocket she's a wonderful wonderful playwright and Martin Lynch they're, they're also the team that bought you dancing shoes the George Best story you'll laugh you'll cry you'll want to dance but above all you'll have an amazing night out and I'd imagine some tears as well
0: that okay. sounds very interesting one worth so watching September
4: yeah. the 7th in University Concert Hall brilliant Okay, I promised you a little look at two free things. Yep. <laughs> Except they're not gigs as we know them. One is a call out for new talent, be it production talent or be it uh, singing and stage talent. Uh, there's a meet and greet in Anshana Bar, sorry, in Anshona GA Club, and their bar is Wulstones Bar. That's on Sunday, September the first at six thirty p.m. Very nice man got in touch with me, Richard Stapleton. Please come along and hear what they have to say. Ultimately, they will be putting Shrek. On, on stage at the Concert Hall, um, it, no sorry, at St. Patrick's Comprehensive School in Shannon, that's next February. Our society always welcomes new talent, help and skills with open arms both on and off stage. Auditions for roles will be held on Sunday, September the 8th at 1pm and anybody wishing to, you know, be in touch, my, his email address is on the page here and keep in mind, Sunday, September 1st, they're, 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 they're sort of meet and greet and come together and talk to us.
0: Brilliant. And then uh, there's a gig there with Eva.
4: Correct, Eva, mm. the Exhibition and Visual of Arts. They're doing a free tour. Uh, it's this Friday. It's led by a good pal of mine, Carl Dorn of Contact Studios and Bernadine Carl takes place this friday august 23rd the expiration is free to all it's a tour to the county of sites of interest carl will put it in context for you the day runs 10 a.m to 4 p.m a minibus will be provided you have to bring refreshments your own food and otherwise in wet weather clothing book for any remaining place at info at ava.ie
0: brilliant And all that arts news is available on page 80 of this week's Limerick Post. And there's much more on LimerickPost.e.
4: Yes, indeed. And we have on the entertainment page, we've the Specs Favors, Supporting the Pantomime Story. And I think page 27, you can read more about 101 and other lucky venues, such as Dolan's, who won the Southern Comfort People's Vote Munster Bar of the Year. And Mother Max and dear Manor, who are also in the running for, for people's voting Brilliant, patience.
0: congratulations to all those businesses. Rose, thank you very much for joining us. you
4: tolerant, men.
0: So that's it for this week's Limerick Post News Roundup. For more news, sports, arts, entertainment and much, much more, visit LimerickPost.ie or stay up to date on all Limerick news by following the hashtag Keeping Limerick Posted across all social media channels. I'd like to thank Bernie English, Jerry Collison, John Keogh and Rose Rush for joining me for this week's podcast. I'm your host Keen Reinhardt and we really are keeping
3: Limerick posted.